Shining City Audio, a John Meacham and C-13 original studio. On June 15, 1963, civil rights leaders hold white Southern leaders accountable for the assassination of the NAACP's Medgar Evers. I'm John Meacham, and this is Reflections of History. An Army veteran, Medgar Evers, had been shot down in the early morning hours of June 12, 1963. Here is how Claude Sitton of the New York Times reported the assassination. He arrived at his neat, green-paneled, and buff-brick home in Jackson. Shortly after midnight, he parked his 1962 light blue sedan in the driveway behind his wife's station wagon. As he turned to walk into a side entrance opening into a carport, the sniper's bullet struck him just below the right shoulder blade. The slug crashed through a front window of the home, penetrated an interior wall, ricocheted off a refrigerator, and struck a coffee pot. Mr. Evers staggered to the doorway, his keys in his hand, and collapsed near the steps. The screaming of the children, Daddy, 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 awoke a neighbor. President Kennedy, the White House announced, was appalled by the barbarity of this act. The sniper who killed Evers, the white supremacist Byron DeLay Beckwith, would elude justice for decades. On this date in 1963, at funeral services for Evers at the Masonic Temple in Jackson, leaders of the civil rights community spoke of the connection between the white power structure and the murder. Of white politicians, Roy Wilkins of the NAACP said, the lurking assassin at midnight June 11th to 12th pulled the trigger. But in all wars, the men who do the shooting are trained and indoctrinated and keyed to action. And I say to you that the Southern political system put that man behind the rifle. In our own age of mass shootings and racially motivated violence, Wilkins's words are worth considering. To him, the quote, lily-white Southern governments, local and state, the senators, governors, state legislators, mayors, judges, sheriffs, chiefs of police, commissioners, and so forth, were complicit in the Evers assassination. Wilkins continued, The killer must have felt that he had, if not an immunity, then certainly a protection for whatever he chose to do, no matter how dastardly it might be. In a tribute to her husband after his burial at Arlington National Cemetery, Merle Evers wrote, We all knew the danger was increasing. Threats came daily, cold and cruel and constant. He was so willing to give his life that I feel his death has served a certain purpose. When I find myself in pits of depression, I remind myself that fulfilling this purpose is what he really wanted. Thank you for listening to Reflections of History, a creation of Shining City Audio a C-13 Originals and John Meacham Studio. Reflections of History 
is executive produced by me, John Meacham, and Chris Corcoran, Chief Content Officer and Founding Partner of Cadence 13. Production and editing led by Lloyd Lockridge and Chris Basil. Production assistance and operations by Andy Jaskowitz, Adam Macias, and Kelly Rafferty. Cadence 13 is an Odyssey company. I'm Lauren Sherman, the writer behind Puck's fashion and beauty memo line sheet. And I'd like to welcome you to my new show, Fashion People. On every episode of Fashion People, I'll be talking to insiders about the stuff we're all whispering between the press releases. From M&A rumors to celebrity stylist dish to the future of legacy media. Be sure to follow and listen to Fashion People, a presentation of Odyssey in partnership with Puck. Available on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.